0: Welcome to the Battleground, Wisconsin. My name is Matt and I'm the Deputy Director here at Citizen Action of Wisconsin. And welcome to another week from Wisconsin. We have our full panel. Jorna Taylor is with us. Jorna is a nonprofit consultant here in Wisconsin. Jorna, how are you doing?
1: I am in Wisconsin. Good morning, (laughs) everyone. Good day.
0: Good day. Good day. And, of course, Robert Craig is with us. Robert is the Executive Director here at Citizen Action. Robert? Good day, everyone. So...
1: So polite.
0: Yeah, we're a little. I'm a little chuckly. We're we're actually on our second crack at this, uh, <laughs> having fun this morning. Um, so we are going to talk a little Foxconn. We have talked extensively about it on the three previous podcasts, but uh, it's it's an extraordinarily important issue. We think it's uh, fairly defining about uh, the economy and and how does one create opportunity. But since we last recorded, the assembly approved the Foxconn bill on Thursday. Um, and we also had a public hearing the joint finance committee did a it's a it was a fairly quickly pulled together public hearing on Tuesday in Sturtevant, Wisconsin and fairly stacked similar to the first public hearing with prearranged positive testimony but Part of the big story continues to be the public pushback. Another poll came out this week that showed uh, broad public opposition to the bill uh, in four important Senate races. Uh, And we will talk a little bit more about important Senate races in 2018 elections. But Robert, uh, this week's Citizen Actions co-ops were part of the public pushback, and uh, you were uh, traveling the state and uh, a part of events in Wausau, Eau Claire, and Appleton. Tell us a little bit more uh, about, about these events and, and what we're hearing out there.
2: Members turned out in large numbers. Media, and especially television, turned out in large numbers. Uh, though when we were in Appleton, it turned out Walker at the same time was in Green Bay, uh, in one of his usual closed town halls, uh, touting... <laughs> Uh, wonderful! How wonderful it was, and actually touting that it, we would get four dollars back for every dollar invested, which is now a discredited study by UW Madison economics professor who applied for a job with Walker and advised him on his presidential campaign and gave his presidential campaign money, uh, but didn't stop the Journal Sentinel from running the story on the front page about how that about the um, about this study. And only and, uh, only after being attacked, clarifying later in the story online, but never for their print edition. So even the media is quite, uh, part of it anyway, is quite complicit because they kind of chronicle power. And all of the right people are for this, right? Governor Walker and the heads of the various corporate business associations uh, who are really responsible for running our economy into the ground in a lot of ways in this state. So... All right, so you're you're off in
0: Wausau. We're having these events, getting lots of public public uh, attention. I would say though, one of the interesting dynamics this week, and I'd like you to just talk a little bit more before we go to Jorn on this, is this whole dynamic where Walker's trying to desperately go around the state and make. Make the argument that somehow this is going to benefit areas outstate, right, that there's going to be a supply chain, which I think is really a a desperate response to show that this is not popular around the state and trying to get out and make arguments for why La Crosse or Eau Claire or Green Bay, as you said, the day, same day uh, the co-op was right.
2: out. He was there, uh, trotted out various uh, leaders of of corporate business association saying, oh, the suppliers and... Green Bay and the Fox Valley can't wait for this. It's going to be great. And and these are part, partisan Republican hacks who claim to speak for all business in the state and don't. And it is, none of this is fact-based. The idea here, quite frankly, since this is a horrible deal on all terms, both on the, on the terms offered and believed in by Walker and, and conservative Republicans, and any other way you look at spending $3 billion, uh, quite frankly, this is about trying to get a, an economic win for Governor Walker prior to running for reelection for a third time, for a third term, while still not, even, still not achieving his first term promise of how many jobs he would allegedly create.
1: So, I'd like to harken back to a time when everybody got upset about some fuzzy math by a certain president. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. And, you know, what? what's fascinating to me is that all of these facts and figures keep coming out. And every time they seem to be when they look like they're this rosy picture for the taxpayers of Wisconsin and for job creation, another reputable, independent, nonpartisan source says, whoa, slow your roll. This isn't actually true. This isn't necessarily a good deal for Wisconsin. Let's just put aside all of the other things that they're saying that, you know, all the deregulation of the environment and the outstate impact. This is, why are we rushing, what I'm so confused about, why are we rushing through such a huge investment of public dollars into one, one entity that may create anywhere from supposedly 3,000 to 13,000 jobs, depending on who you've asked. It is a $4 for every dollar investment. No, it's not. It's I really think that this just needs to slow down, and you know, obviously, this is all about re-election, and you know, Walker poll numbers that are approval ratings less than forty percent, trying to you know drag those up right now. But we need to we need to take a step back here, and I hope Joint Finance will do that, but I doubt it.
2: Well, and Jorna uh, and, and Senator works pointed this out. It's pretty shocking that Joint that uh, the Assembly would pass it, a three billion dollar price tag, before Joint Finance had a hearing to even investigate this, because the the trigger is like uh, $10 million, I think, uh, or maybe even less than that, in order to have that joint finance committee uh, have to look at something. Uh, What's interesting is is that this is a secret deal uh, negotiated by the CEO of WEDEC, Governor Walker's discredited jobs agency, um, apparently conducted not by Foxconn, but by a consulting firm that specializes in playing states off each other. So it's like the worst of NFL or NBA trades, where we overpaid dramatically on, on, on national numbers six times more per job than what is paid on average, even if you believe that jobs be created, and Governor Walker's WEDEC will hold Hawks accountable for creating them. And this deadline, Jorna, that you point out, Walker says that Foxconn gave us a deadline of late September and told legislators that. Um, I've talked to insiders. Now, that's bad enough if Foxconn set this deadline. that's literally like there's this deal on this car, only good today. You know, That's where you should walk away, right? But there are some insiders. One told me yesterday, was extremely well-connected, that he thinks that Walker made it up and that there is no deadline, and this is his attempt to get it through quickly and stampede the legislature so he could again have his alleged great economic victory.
1: That sounds legit.
2: Yeah. Well, look, uh,
0: we want to continue to encourage our listeners to contact their state senator at this point. Right. The assembly obviously has passed. It may end up back in the assembly if there are changes. But the Senate is the place uh, right now. Uh, as you're listening to this. So please uh, contact your state senator. If you don't know your state senator, please call 1-800-362-9472. Uh, this is obviously, the, that's the next place this is going to go. Uh, hopefully it'll be vetted a little bit more and we'll get a little bit more data. Robert, your point about, and Jorna, you brought this up, that the numbers. Um, first of all, early on, Robert brought up this ridiculous research that the Journal Sentinel ran with Four to one um, I want to repeat yeah this this is important to dive into because the journal Sentinel it's total malpractice I mean the last report that that guy put out was the one on the man AG tax credit that claimed all those jobs that were going to be created that was immediately debunked this guy as you mentioned completely connected to Walker that never should have even seen the light of day but I mean, Jorna, you're talking even just about some of the basic numbers, right? Like, these numbers, and and Robert, you mentioned, they came from Foxconn, right? Like, we don't even know who's behind all of the data, so...
1: They would never have numbers skewed to say they were doing more than what they actually will.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And and given the scale of this project, it obviously uh, makes it absolutely critical that we continue to try to contact state senators.
1: Well, but can I also add, you know, we started with this $3 billion price tag, which the average person kind of goes $3 billion and their eyes glaze over, right? I mean, we've talked about that on the podcast before, and that's a lot of money, and we're throwing around these, you know, massive in the tens of thousands job creation. It's interesting now that they're breaking it down to more sizable chunks so that the consumer, so the so taxpayers, mm, hey, <laughs> Interesting. Have, um, now all of a sudden it's, you know, four to one, and there are small numbers that we can digest oh yeah well of course i'm in support of that if i'm just somebody tuning into my local news you know at 10 o'clock or whatever it is they
2: hone it on their marks which is what this
0: is about exactly right i I do want to bring up i was listening to the testimony in sturd event and there was a moment that'll kill some brain cells well there was a moment that was really quite it was almost heartbreaking um, because i Robert, it's I want to tell it because it reminds me of the hostage taking that you were talking about, the way our mm-hmm. the tech schools and everyone that has their budget right. being held up. The president of the tech college actually talked about the founding of the tech college and how critical it was you know, to, to, to Wisconsin's future and creating opportunity in the economy and compared this moment to the creation of our universities and tech college system, and it broke my heart because we've been talking about this and, and what we ought to actually be investing in. And and he was right to, to hearken back to the creation of the tech colleges and that they were having this hearing at the tech college because it was actually the kind of real investment we ought to be making. And to say that this was comparable, it was deeply saddening (laughs) to, to, to see him say that. And realize he's saying this because his budget is in peril and it was slashed by these same people. Maybe he's
2: brilliantly pointing out, frankly, that we started building tech colleges when we stopped giving all of our resources to the timber barons and the railroad barons. And so this is this is my, harkens back to the Gilded Age, really.
0: Yeah, and so we'll talk a little bit more about this on the back side. Welcome back. This is the Battleground, Wisconsin. We are Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. And we're we're talking a little bit of Foxconn. We promise we will move on beyond Foxconn. We're going to talk some uh, 2018 elections. Uh, but we also have to talk a little bit of Paul Ryan, a few other topics. But, Robert, yeah, before we left, we were talking a little bit about, right, the the public hearing and the tech, the tech college president uh, uh, talking about comparing it to the creation of the tech system. So, yes, right, like... We ought to be having a conversation about how we would be spending this money. So we'll talk more about that with the election coming up. But, Jorna, before we dive into that, we got to talk about Paul Ryan this week. I love
1: talking about Paul Ryan. Paul
0: Ryan made news. Um, In fact, I believe— That was news? Well, it was— It was fake news. Fake news. Let's talk about that because the Journal Sentinel wrote a story where— bring up the Journal Sentinel again, that described this as Paul Ryan's first public town hall in two well, years. F- <laughs> <laughs> Why do you say it wasn't oh, a
2: town hall? It, it Come on, it had... Sure, it wasn't God. his bedroom, so it was public, it right? had.
0: It had CNN, it, it, was, it had... It had a nice group and lights, and it said town hall on the floor, I think. Sure, either. it
1: can say whatever it wants. You know, what about lipstick on a pig? Uh, Something.
0: So, Jorna, what the heck went oh on this week? Oh, my God,
1: a sham of a sham went on this week. Uh, so, I would assert to our listeners, our dedicated followers, that this was not a public town hall. You, one, you had to apply to be in the audience. CNN's not only. Had an application process, but they solicited people to be in the audience. Yes. Okay. So one, two. This was not a um, room full of you know average citizens just coming <laughs> to ask their congressman. Russ
0: Feingold's uh, sister was or, there. Well, well that so, happened. So CNN,
1: yeah. you know, <laughs> you bring up a good point. Um, let's just talk through so, so the silly. list of the list of people that I saw watching this. Um, <laughs> Ridiculousness on TV. You know, it started out with this question from an army veteran, who then had this very awkward back and forth with Paul Ryan, where Paul Ryan was throwing out, you know, these terms as if he actually, you know, has served or knows anything. And finally, Jake Tapper was like, e- "Enough already! Can we can we get to the point?" <laughs> um, you know, we had Russ Feingold's sister. We had the nun who. Yes. Pretty much if she could have blown him up with her eyes, her laser cat yes. eyes, she would have. <laughs> um, but we had a lot of softball questions from like the, you know, head of the Republican Republican Party. And How'd he get in? She. <laughs> she, I'm sorry. That was a she. I, I, anyway, there were there were like a lot of Republican officials. So, so let's talk about, you know, CNN, there were some hard hitting questions, right? They weren't all softballs. There were a few actual questions so that. Those of us on the more progressive side of the spectrum can't just go yell foul. This was a paid advertisement for Paul Ryan, which it it was. Let's be clear. And so where's our equal time for the Democratic candidates? Just going to throw that out there. Well, um, they, did,
2: they did put the iron stash on uh, not not on the town hall, the but iron on at, at the ten o'clock hour. Yeah, they did. the on, on, on on uh, eleven show. Lemon, yeah. yeah,
1: but you know this was so the, we can't go after CNN. But this was in no way in no way was this a public open town hall where constituents could come and ask questions all the questions were vetted i know for a fact they were handing out slips of paper cnn was with people's pre-approved questions to them before the no, show no, started we, we
2: had multiple members who 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 had who submitted who were Supposed to ask questions, none of them actually did, and the questions went back and forth, being vetted. Oh <laughs> et yeah, Yeah, there's no. So that's
1: so. not a town hall. Yeah. That's a that's a public advertisement, some earned media for Paul Ryan. Ridiculous.
0: Well, I don't know, Jorna. We'll just have to wait and see what Politifact determines.
1: <laughs> Whether yeah, this is. I'm going to put all my stock. in Well, that. hey,
0: Politifact, Jorna has declared this wasn't a town hall. Could you please? It was a town hall. It you was you not a public rate... town hall. Thank you. Could you please rate her? She would like to be rated <gasps> on this. No. I Look forward no. to Jorna. you
1: half truth
2: telling. You're, you're a half-truth teller. your
1: mouth. <laughs> Pants on
2: fire. It was in public and the words town hall were clearly printed. So full fact. I
1: My <laughs> opinion is well, that it is J- not.
0: <laughs> Jorna, no, this this is this is great. Uh just it, it is totally a commercial for Ryan, even if he in many cases looks tough and like he is getting beat up in, in it. It's ridiculous that they allow him to have this when the guy hasn't been there for two years. I do want to thank some of the uh, local TV stations that actually covered the protesters and ran stories like Channel 4 just basically said it wasn't a public event and the, you know, the protesters were bringing that to light and highlighted that he hasn't had a public event for over two years, which is sort of makes this whole thing so ripe. If and we can so him back, let me just,
2: uh, maybe PolitiFacts Benefit, you see, the whole principle of a town hall, going back to a place they may have heard of called New England, is, is that the town hall's at the center of the town, it's where the city council is, or the village board, and literally a town hall is open to everyone in the town, no. and they can ask no any questions be. they want of their of the people who are supposed to represent them. That is what a town hall is supposed to be.
1: Well... I also want to point out that I was scrolling through my face space this morning uh, while laying in bed, avoiding getting up. And um, on this day, uh, back a number of years ago, I actually was at a Paul Ryan town hall um, down in or Kenosha. It's a little bit unclear from my Facebook. And I'm old. I can't remember all these things. Um, but th- there was a time when he did want to hear, well, he probably didn't want to hear, 2009, I was at a uh, Paul Ryan listening session, it looks like, and um, there was a time when constituents got a chance to voice their opinions, and that is a far, far cry yeah. from where we are today.
0: No, I a lot of, when, when the whole push was happening a few months ago around health care, there were a lot of stories written uh, about how the Republicans, who are now not holding town halls, had all these great comments about the critical importance of public town halls, when it was Democrats that were in charge, right, you know, around Obamacare the first time around. So uh, clearly they have completely uh, changed their tune on that. So, uh, but shout out to everyone who organized around uh, drawing attention to the fake town hall and getting that into the narrative. Uh because it, it certainly did locally, which I think was important uh, since ultimately he is going to have to run in a local election next year. Segway, segway. No, we'll, we're, we're going to talk uh, 2018 elections after the break. Before we do uh, go to the break, I want to mention... Uh, a bill that it sounds like is going to be coming out at any time. And hopefully in our next show, we'll talk more about it. And that is a bill that would end Wisconsin's moratorium on sulfide mining. Um, Tom Tiffany, the Senator from the Great Northeast of Wisconsin, is is behind this. And for s- folks who maybe are new to the state, uh, this is a huge deal. Uh, back in the 90s, uh, there was an effort to build a mine in Ladysmith, and that is when the moratorium was passed, and it was a huge, huge political battle, and uh, I remember it. It was, quite frankly, uh, one of the first big political events I remember when I was uh, in, in graduate school after I'd moved back from California. So he is going to poke uh, at this, and and there, and not only would it were end the moratorium on sulfide mining, it, it appears that. This is uh, much broader, uh, and so we're, we're going to talk more about this on a future show, but we wanted to flag this today because uh, we think it's a really, really critical issue. Uh, the journal Sentinel uh, wrote an article on it. I, I would expect we're going to be hearing a lot more about this uh, going forward in the future. So what was it? It was just last year, year or two ago, they tried to do something very similar, and it went down by one, one or two Senate votes uh, that held it up. But um, it looks like we're going to have another fight over this. And, 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 and folks know, right, Wisconsin tourism or water our rivers, it's like absolutely fundamental part. So and given what we saw in Foxconn, if we remember, Raj Shukla came on and talked about their concern is that Foxconn is sort of the first effort to try to actually continue a further wave of rolling back these standards. Um, so before, however, before we, uh, go on in our next segment to talking about the 2018 elections. Actually, Robert wanted to get your comments on one thing Paul Ryan did say in his town hall around health care. He tried to continue scaring everyone, suggesting somehow that uh, people aren't going to have access to any, any uh, health care on the exchanges in many, many counties. Not true is my understanding. He claimed
2: there are counties across the sta- country, all <laughs> across the country that have a single insurer on the Affordable Care Act. By the way, these quite frankly, before the Affordable Care Act was passed, uh, there were millions of people who had no access to health care in these counties because they were denied coverage uh, because they had pre-existing conditions or denied coverage because it was way too expensive and priced out deliberately by the insurance industry. Well, according to Kaiser health Found- Family Health Foundation, there's only one small rural county right now that doesn't have a single provider. That's number one. Number two... Mr. Ryan and Mr. Trump are partially are responsible for this because they're sabotaging the Affordable Care Act, and they're still holding up this whole, the, the, the payments insurers get who end up enrolling a lot more sick people, which is that means insurers doing the right thing than being punished, right? Because they were supposed to wean themselves of this practice of only insuring healthy people and throwing people with pre-existing additions along the side of the road. And so it would be easy to fix this problem. If you weren't a demagogue who just wants to get rid of healthcare coverage, you can give tax cuts to the wealthy, like the smiling Boy Scout uh, uh, Speaker Ryan really is.
0: Well, this is great. This has been a fantastic segment. We've actually found two things Politifact can go look into: Jorna and Paul Ryan's comments. Thanks. So, well, Jorna, you're you're at least <laughs> half true. He's full of he's full of you know what. So, <laughs> I know I can't swear anymore. We're on the radio. With that though, we gotta we gotta get away. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome back to the Battleground, Wisconsin. We are Citizen Action. You can find us at citizenactionwi.org. So we want to spend some time talking about 2018 because, quite frankly, the events, you know, Foxconn, everything, it can be a little depressing, especially given that we don't control the governorship, any of the legislature. But 2018 is an opportunity to address that. Um, So I wanted to... First, talk a little bit about the governor's race. We have mentioned this, and it re- as it relates to Foxconn. We've also mentioned it just in terms of the notion that we need. A, a, we're looking certainly at Citizen Action for a, a, a governor candidate who will lay out an agenda that will actually inspire people. So, Jorna, we got a we got a whole slew of candidates. Running for governor. I want to talk first about governor uh, before we talk about the legislature. I also want to talk a little bit about Tammy Baldwin uh, before we go and the state Supreme Court race that'll be in the spring. But I want to start with the governor. How many? So, Jorna, what are we up to? 50 people now are running on the Democratic side?
1: We were counting <laughs> in my office yesterday, and between Candidates that are declared and candidates whose names have been thrown around. We came up with 14.
0: So let's start with declared. We have...
1: Officially, officially declared officially on
0: declared. paper. I'm out. I did my public thing. I have a sign. It's all fancy. I roll it out. I got a staff, you know, all that. No. So. We, have, we have
1: state representative Dana Walks from LeClaire. Yep. We have state superintendent Tony Evers. That's two. We have um, businessman Kurt Kober from Sheboygan. Three. We have uh, a... Independent, who is running as a Democrat, and that's the nicest thing I can say about him, Mike McCabe. Number four. Um, we <laughs> have Bob Harlow, who Number I don't know five. much about his background. Uh, we have the businesswoman, Michelle. I'm blanking on her last oh, name yeah, from Cross Plains. Oh, She's officially in. Okay,
2: that's six. That's six. Uh, don't we have another business guy from the Milwaukee area? Yeah. yeah well, uh, Andy Gronick.
0: Andy I'm Gronick, I'm sorry, from seven. Fox Point. That's so seven. seven, yeah, seven already is officially, declared. Jeez. Um,
1: some, uh, Vinehout hasn't declared. She has she's not declared. She's, in the, so on, she's running around. State yeah. Senator Kathleen Vinehout has so, wow, not that, officially declared right, yet. yeah, yeah, um, wow. Man. And then there's a whole slew of folks that their names are... Kelder
0: we heard. Um, We've heard Malin Mitchell, Malin Mitchell.
1: Matt Flynn. Matt
0: Flynn. Flynn. Oh, Flynn, I think, declared, didn't he? Did he? Is no, he maybe uh, he just had... <sighs> He had a, probably a, a what do they call it when you run for president? You set, you set exploratory. up a committee. Exploratory. committee <laughs> right. with a thousand signatures. No, whatever. But um,
1: uh, Madison Mayor, Paul Soglin. Paul Soglin. Yeah.
0: I actually think he's declared, isn't he?
1: Uh, he might be officially declared. Oh, okay. I, I, I can't.
0: I, I'm going to put him on the non-declared. We're still at seven declared. <laughs> so, folks, I believe the last time we talked about this, there was all this consternation that there were no candidates. <laughs> so we're about... By, and I, and now Jordan, we have wealth. I am almost positive you positive. said by Labor Day, I think it'll be very different. Absolutely. I want to say the last time we talked about this, August or Labor Day. So here we are. We're just about there. Seven declared. So let's let's talk a little bit about this like what's at stake the environment what like you know and are there any other candidates that we think are getting in i i don't i know of no others so any game changer type candidates i tend to think the, the field we just laid out is
2: well evan goiki was exploring it at a website but now is on not exploring Unexploring. Anymore. oh exactly. gordon hints gordon hints oh, I, I had was, not heard that one
0: I had I, I saw Gordon hints was looking into there's another um, well this is very interesting so I'll just throw it out there I think Dana Walks is sort of the one who at this point seems to be the best positioned and I'll call him the favorite and I want you to res- I want both of you to respond to my statement that Dana Wachs is probably the favorite cuz he seems to have a fairly large campaign according to the Facebook page and dinner the other night and he's running what appears to be a very well organized campaign uh, so I'll throw that out there. Uh, Jordan, am I nuts? I, he, who, no,
1: I don't think you're nuts. I, I certainly think there are some front runners as it may be, um, bubbling to the top. And I think that you're right, that Dana walks has a very well organized campaign. He has staff, he has all of these things. He, he knows how to put the right people in place to run a professional Campaign in Wisconsin. Um, I think Andy Gronick is is doing the same thing. I think it's too early to know what some of these other candidates are doing. They just declared Tony Evers Tony officially Evers declared yesterday. Uh, you know, I watched his Facebook Live announcement and things like that. I, I, we're ser- we're obviously going to see a very different picture by next spring and see who can raise the money. This is a really large field, but I think it's really healthy for the exchange of ideas in this Democratic primary, and it gives people an opportunity to... Put forth to take from each other, right? So that our ultimate candidate that goes into the general election against Scott Walker is the strongest that they can be. And that's what I like about this big field.
0: Before we go to Robert, I do want to say I'm like the worst prognosticator known to man. So, Robert, your response. <laughs> So I'm supposed to disagree? Is that thing? No, 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 no. Because um, he
1: doesn't. Because I'm so no, smart. No, I'm. I'm
0: actually probably. I just probably condemn Dana walks to get crushed.
1: <laughs> Jack, <Jerk. laughs>
2: I'm for a big primary. Though we are very got to be very cognizant that this person's going to have very little time after an August primary uh, to raise money and prepare. And you can expect Governor Walker with at least thirty-five million and with huge outside money to attack the eventual nominee immediately with huge air war, right? Robert, I
0: I want to interrupt you real quick. That's an important structural thing that we want to remind our listeners. We used to have a September primary, so it was Mm -hmm. like a totally compressed, it's now Mm -hmm. August... So it's still incredibly compressed. A lot of other uh, states do it in April. They do like a spring, which gives a whole right. second opportunity to raise money, get it around. So that is an important structural problem that Robert so has raised. So what we
2: need is a very issue-based primary uh, that, quite frankly, talks about a vision for the future of the state and actually owns change. I mean, Governor Walker has been in two terms. He can't be the agent of change anymore. This is... Uh, he has reshaped Wisconsin, and people can judge the results, and he wants to reshape it further with Foxconn. And I think, you know, you have to judge the candidates this way. I mean, I don't know Andy Gronick. have, have not had any kind of long conversation with him, but his immediate favorable response to Foxconn and then retraction <laughs> What on earth could make you, uh, gut reaction, think this was a good idea? So I'm not saying I'm not open to that discussion, but I'm just saying, and we'll see how many of them not only are critical of Foxconn, and Dana Walks did come out strongly against it after after a bit of a delay, but then did come out strongly, which is in his favor. Then what do you stand for? What would you do with $3 billion? And the big thing here is, is I'm not impressed with the analysis that we don't have this money. You know, we need to invest $3 billion a lot more in creating economic opportunity to clean energy transition and a 21st century education system, guaranteed health care for all, et cetera, and it would pay for itself, okay, with the, with the amount of economic strength we create. You'd create over 80,000 jobs if you greatly expanded education spending, starting with early childhood and going all the way through college and technical college, um, much more than $3 billion on Foxconn will buy the rosiest projections, the the fake projections from Walker and Wedeck would create and the other corporate business associations. And so I want, to, I want a real uh, debate where the candidate comes out as the chosen candidate Democratic Party and there's a great deal of momentum behind them because they are seen as an agent of change and of shaking up the state because that's what most of the public wants to see. And that's the only way you go to draw independents and others, even conservatives who are fed up with the status quo and haven't benefited one iota from Governor Walker's uh, corporate giveaway strategy of an economic policy.
0: Yeah, no, uh, Robert, I think one of the important things you did was immediately get it on, like, what's the agenda? What are we going to do as Democrats? Um, which is great. I, I wanted to have fun with the horse race part. Uh, cause well, that's so, progressive. Because <laughs> so, there's it, so
2: many in. The fact they have a D after their name yeah. doesn't mean that they're an agent of change or they're progressive. So if we get the wrong kind of D candidate, then, you know, then... then with redistricting winning the redistricting lawsuit hopefully then the legislature become the focus we need a candidate that's a real champion yeah. uh, that's going to drive an agenda and, and come in with a mandate so that we don't have what we had the last time the democrats had full control which was no serious agenda and and t- two in y- two years of little accomplishment because there wasn't that this candidate needs to come in and be as aggressive as governor in the first 100 days as governor walker was but in the right direction
0: yeah and Jorna,
2: sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt.
0: Yeah, no, so one of the things that uh, we want to do here on the podcast is we want to actually, when big issues come up, we're going to try to take time to briefly talk about what are the Democratic gubernatorial candidates saying in response to it Um, because it's critical, and you brought up Foxconn, right? So actually on the back end, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. I know Jorna is going to unfortunately have to leave us she has to go. Uh, Jorna, we're going to miss you. I'll miss uh, you all, too. Yes, yes. But... Um Uh, So, we we look forward to having that conversation. We'll also talk a little bit more about the Supreme Court. But, Jorna, before you go, you know, anything you want to leave us with? Any pearls of wisdom? (laughs) I'm not wearing my pearls today. Yes, yes.
1: No, I just, I'm looking forward to the next year. I really am. I think this is going to be a good opportunity for Democrats to put forth some really good progressive messaging that will move the voters of Wisconsin, especially those who are really disillusioned with everything that's going on at the federal level, and will have an opportunity. To have a good wave in 2018.
0: So with that, uh, we are going to uh, get out of here, Jorna. You have a you have a, a great weekend, and we'll be back on the other side uh, here at the battleground, Wisconsin. Welcome back to the battleground, Wisconsin. We are Citizen Action Wisconsin, and you can find us at citizenactionwi.org. Uh, it's unfortunate Jorna had to go, but it's. Uh, Busy, busy time. Uh, it's never a dull moment here. Before we left, though, we were talking about the 2018 election, and in particular, the gubernatorial race, and mentioned that we're going to spend some time periodically on the, on the show over the next year actually talking about major issues and what the candidates are saying. And so we're going to start that uh, today by talking about Foxconn and specifically, uh, what are some of these candidates saying? Uh, We've mentioned Dana Walks, and uh, I will mention that there's a op an editorial by the Cap Times. I uh, will put a link to it that lays out in support of Dana's position and that Dana, uh, not only did he not vote for it, he spoke out against it. Um, I think, you know, so D- Dana's obviously had a position. Uh, Robert, you mentioned Andy Gronick, and I, I think this is important because his immediate response was to, like, Roll with the tide, and then to like to change his position. It's like to me that almost disqualifies him to be governor in some ways. I'm glad that he didn't like stick with the bad position, but it was kind of like like whoa, right? Like it, so to me,
2: this is like a critical test. Well, I don't
0: need to hear the rest of his platform. Sometimes the gut it might change
2: reaction of a of a candidate is revealing. Yeah, and so. If you're not like whoa when Governor Walker uh, announces with Trump a secret deal with Foxconn negotiated by WEDEC, and you're oh sounds like a good idea, so that you're actually appearing Scott Walker press release about all the bipartisan support yeah uh, for Foxconn, uh, and now there's polling that's negative on it, and that's the thing. We now now that now now everyone knows that probably it's fine to be against it. I want to know whether you're against it without any polling. And I actually don't know if Dana Walks had any polling, by the way. I'm not saying he did or didn't, but I'm saying let's see what the instinct is. And that's what the public doesn't want candidates who just look at the polls. That's the problem. They want candidates who stand for something. And so this is such a bad deal on all all ways, not just what you could actually do with $3 billion uh, to transform the state, but even on its own terms, we're paying six times more under the rosiest projections per job than a normal economic development deal across all the states, uh, based on research going back to 1990, and then you have Mad uh, Tony Evers, yep. which now no, no, Tony came question. out
0: against Foxconn, mm-hmm. but he has now like further clarified that he would like negotiate a better deal,
2: which is disturbing to me a little bit. Which I'm a little again concerned. is like we can bribe cor- yeah. multinational corporations is the way to prosperity rather than and being beggars rather than choosers. But I do appreciate that he
0: came out very clearly, which was good. But I am concerned yesterday on a broader issue, right? Like Tony's a good, strong supporter of public education and talks about wanting to put money back into education. But he also suggested that he didn't think it was possible to roll back like all the the corporate tax breaks, the man egg tax credit, all this stuff. How are you going to fund things, right? Like, I mean, I, I just... That's an interesting thing. That was a red flag immediately. I'm just like thinking, uh, how can that be sacred? Because it was passed. It's it's a it's horrible for our economy and, and for investing in things like education.
2: But we need nonetheless. to be much more discerning on what a, a a full progressive is. It's not progressive on some issues. Tony is, you know, has a well deserved uh, reputation for defending schools, being the only. A statewide elected official who's progressive yeah. in any way, who has any power. The Secretary of State doesn't have any power uh, that, that to speak of. Uh, so he has a, a well-deserved reputation, but he hasn't really been tested multi-issue right. as to what his instincts are. And this goes back to instincts again. It's his instinct uh, that, we can't, that we've rung the bell on the manufacturing and culture tax credit. So we've rung the bell on over $500 million in lost revenue a year, but he wants to fund education. I don't get it. Yeah, uh, That's number one, and why, why would he say that? Now, does there need to be some transition? Like, it, it was ramped up, so you ramp it down? Fine, but it needs to go away because manufacturers need to pay their fair share for the trained workers and the infrastructure and the roads and everything else they need in order to make profits. But the second thing is he says that the economy is too weak for a fifteen dollars minimum wage, I don't know. Aren't we what year of the alleged recovery are we in? <laughs> What's the stock market doing? We have Governor Walker running around talking about how low unemployment is. Look, the economy is not great uh, because there's a that there, we haven't replaced the middle class jobs we lost in the recession with anything but mostly poverty wage jobs. Nine of the ten fastest growing occupations in Wisconsin are poverty wage occupations and and sectors. And so a fifteen dollars minimum wage, what Tony doesn't seem to get, in which any advanced progressive would, is, is that that actually increases economic opportunity right. and prosperity because it puts money in people's pockets so they can spend them in their local communities, which which makes business thrive and creates more jobs. Yep. And if he doesn't know that, if that's not his instinct, then he's not a full progressive. So maybe he'll switch on this, but it's concerning that out of the gate, he wants to temporize on things that are, are incredibly popular and which are economic common sense for any advanced progressive.
0: Yeah, it also it's also hard, right? Like it just continues the divide that somehow like professionals and people in education deserve support and funding, and but like someone making eight bucks an hour, right? Like nothing for them. Like oh, how are they gonna how are those because folks gonna fight for Tony, right? Like that's part of the, the problem Run the bell here. on
2: a tax giveaway to corporations with no jobs required. Why haven't we rung the bell on devastating cuts to education, K-12? through He's saying that we haven't rung the bell on that. Well, why isn't the entire Walker agenda, including right. Act 10, up for change, right. right? Did Walker come into office and say, oh, we've already rung the bell on <laughs> having public employee <laughs> unions? No, right? <laughs> yeah, no.
0: So, yeah, no, but look, uh, obviously, we want to be able to have a conversation. Uh, we're thrilled Tony's out there, and as Robert mentioned, he's been... He's been the uh, the goalkeeper on education and has certainly proven to be a good campaigner in spring elections. Right? Obviously, gubernatorial is different, but hey, we want to we want to call it like we see it, and we're concerned about where Tony's going to get the money, uh, and also obviously, h- how do you deal with a low wage economy where we're going to produce fifty percent of our jobs that are going to be below fifteen bucks an hour if we don't address these? Right? So. Anyways, but this, we're, we're, we want to do more of this uh, in terms of the issue uh, focus. It's worth pointing out there are a number of folks who haven't announced for governor who have taken strong positions against Foxconn. Um, but uh, we'll talk more about that as some of those folks announce. I do want to mention a race that's occurring in the spring election. Uh, that is, oh, before I do that, actually, Robert, you mentioned, we mentioned the polling on Foxconn. The polling was done in four targeted Senate districts, uh, which I am positive would include the Eau Claire and Wausau area that we were just in, uh, probably also the Appleton area. And it was uh, like 32% support for Foxconn and like 58% opposition. So there are targeted, very important Senate seats up next fall, and the entire state assembly is up. We'll talk in greater depth as we go forward down the road, but Foxconn's going to be critical in some of those races, potentially.
2: Well, I mean, the whole Foxconn thing is amazing because we just had a presidential election where anger at a rigged economy was a driving force, and Trump's attacks on secretly negotiate global trade agreements for the benefit of multinational corporations uh, was a major thing, and Hillary temporizing on it was a major problem for her, and in my opinion, likely cost her the election. I was part of the platform fight as a member of the platform committee that fought to have a strong anti-TPP provision. Just to lay my cards on the table, but Foxconn's a poster child for this kind of thing—a multinational corporation with a history of child labor, suicide nets because its working conditions are so deplorable, mm. and lying about and reneging on its economic development promises. Right? Uh, comes in and, and with this secretly negotiated deal that is completely stacked and is only in one corner of the state, so it it clearly doesn't benefit most of the state. And then we have all of these uh, people who claim to be progressives, and there are others I'm not mentioning who aren't running for governor, who are in Governor Walker press releases with glowing quotes or even sending people to support this at the state capitol. You also have the the assembly minority leader voting for it uh, and causing a firestorm. And that's the thing about being progressive, because Peter Barker did a wonderful job during Act 10, but... You know the support for Foxconn is 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 not a good sign uh, in in the leader of the Democratic Party in the Assembly. I'm sorry, and he's a nice guy, but but please, I, wherever you represent, this is a horrible deal for Southeast Wisconsin. There there's a very good chance they're left in, left with billions in debt to TIF districts to take out to further subsidize Foxconn when Foxconn abandons us in ten years.
0: So this this could be a critical issue in many of these Senate seats next year, uh, but uh, before the The fall elections, we're going to have a critical Supreme Court race, and uh, in April, and there'll be a primary in February, and there are two progressive candidates running, or two candidates uh, running under the progressive mantle. I would, we'll we'll see. I guess that remains to be determined. There is one very conservative judge uh, running out of sock. I think the Sauk area is very connected to Walker in the defense of Act 10. Um, But we at Citizen Action are going to do a candidate forum on Thursday, September 14th at the Milwaukee Area Technical College which is on uh, 700 State Street, and we'll be in room uh, 120. But please come. We're going to have both Rebecca Dallet and Tim Burns there, and uh, we'll get 45 minutes with each of them to hear from them and uh, ask questions. So we'll have a link to that on our website. Really hope you can get that on your calendar uh, and be there. We want to start getting people excited about the spring elections. But with that, we have to wrap up. Uh, as always, want to thank Jorna, although she's gone, and of course Robert and our producer, Brian Wildridge, who makes the podcast happen every week. And we, of course, uh, want to thank all our listeners at 1510. We'll see y'all next week here at the Battleground Wisconsin.